I am talking, talking, talking to you. And the talk just keeps on coming. TalkZone.com. TalkZone.com. Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Methamphetamine. It's highly addictive and dangerous. It's become a national scourge affecting Americans of all ages and all social groups. As our next guest knows all too well, methamphetamine can be produced just about anywhere in so-called meth houses. In fact, there could be one in your neighborhood. Let's welcome Susan York to the show. Susan, how are you? Fine. Thank you so much for having me. Now, Susan, you're founder and executive director of an organization called Lead on America, and you've dedicated yourself to helping shut down meth houses. Tell us, first of all, how you got started with this. Well, it was way back in the 70s. My first boyfriend decided to choose drugs over me when I gave him an ultimatum. And about that same time, I am finding out that my mother is addicted to prescription drugs and ended up taking her life. She committed suicide in 1986 at the age of 47. Hmm. And then I moved on to a street, and it was a very quiet cul-de-sac, and I had never experienced or knew anything about methamphetamine. All of a sudden, a house at the end of the cul-de-sac started displaying some very unusual characteristics. There were cars that would come and stay for one to five minutes. There were people that lived in the house that were on top of the roof, sweeping away little green men. And as this started to evolve, we faced gunfire, attempted murder, armed robbery, daylight prostitution, and I decided to learn very quickly and educate myself about meth. Now, you didn't know that meth was the reason for all of these strange activities around this house. How did you find that out? I started hearing kids from around the neighborhood saying, well, you know that that's a meth house. And what they're doing, Susan, is they're throwing cigarettes out the window to us. They're trying to lure us there. And I said, what? And I thought the kids were making outlandish statements. And then I started noticing the behavior. And pretty soon I started seeing, I think one weekend, we literally had 30 cars come and go with those one to five minute intervals. And then I had another neighbor approach me and said, I think we've got a problem here. And so then that's when it really started. I started documenting and tying in with local law enforcement. So it was a two-year ordeal to get these people out of that house, and you work closely with law enforcement. At the beginning, we just were a neighborhood that launched kind of a community block watch. And we actually had 25 arrests in two years. But the irony of it was the bad guys would be arrested and they'd be out four hours later cooking. And it almost gave them a sense of power over us where they'd literally laugh and, you know, we're untouchable, you can't do this. It became a nightmare. And the one Saturday, I remember the turning point when I stood outside at 3 o'clock in the morning and said, we need a plan. This drug has the potential of taking over neighborhoods, communities, states, a nation. We have got to get the word out. We're talking on InfoTrack with Susan York, who is founder and executive director of Lead on America, an organization dedicated to fighting the meth houses that can spring up. Susan, if I'm an average citizen and I'm wondering if a house in my neighborhood might be a problem in this regard, what are the uh, sort of classic symptoms I should look for? You're going to see a lot of traffic 
coming and going and staying for short stays. It could be vehicle. It could be by foot. Typically, there's almost a profile. The walkers, the people by foot, will be coming in hooded sweatshirts. They have the hoods up over their face. They have a backpack or duffel bag, and they're carrying, it looks like, bottles that are protruding from this. The house in itself will have the blinds closed. They may have foil. They may have junk cars that they are working on because they have to tinker all the time when they're on this drug that's going to keep them up for days, sometimes weeks. You'll probably see pit bull running loose. You'll see paranoia. You'll see somebody standing at the window and flipping open the blinds. This could go on for eight hours every 20 seconds. You had so many problems getting your, your situation resolved in your neighborhood. What do you think? Have things changed since then? Are police a little bit more um, interested in actually shutting these places down completely? Yeah, you know, it's ironic. They always have been. But we always thought that it was a law enforcement problem when, in all actuality, it's a community problem. If my house was set on fire and I called 911 and they dispatch a fire truck and the firemen put out the fire, I do not blame the fire department that my house was put on fire. But I can begin to partner with them. It first starts at home, education and prevention, parents. Caregivers need to talk to their children, open up a dialogue, because if you're not talking to your child, I guarantee you the drug dealer will be. For the average person who wants to fix this problem in their neighborhood, what advice would you give them? I would launch a block watch. 27 states have called us out to help. We could literally open up a Lead on America chapter because we, the good guys, need to be networked. The bad guys are networked, and we will share information just as law enforcement is sharing information on how it's working because we partner. Your organization, Lead on America, has a website. Can you tell us where that is on the Internet? Yes, it's leadonamerica, all one word, dot org. Well, the organization, again, is Lead on America. Susan York, founder and executive director. Susan, thank you so much for joining us on InfoTrack. Well, thank you for having me and bringing out more education and awareness. I so appreciate it. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.